Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about a privacy policy. And it's a privacy policy of a specific piece of software called Audacity that is open source and grabs audio on your computer, allows you to make recordings, transmit them to others. I've used it in the past to appear on podcasts that want me to grab the audio and send it to them so that they can link it up and adjust the volumes and whatnot. But as you can see on your screen, there's a headline item here from TechRadar.pro. Audacity users are seriously angry right now. Here's why. As TechRadar describes it, Audacity was purchased earlier this year by a company called Muse Group. When the acquisition was announced, Muse Group promised the software would remain free and open source. However, sections of the community believe the new privacy policy runs counter to philosophies and ambitions of the open source movement. Some have gone as far as to call Audacity, in its new incarnation, spyware. Now, I can't sit here and tell you that I'm regularly thumbing through the privacy policies of even apps that I use, but a number of you asked me to talk about that, including Parallax Abstraction here, who I want to give a hat tip to, who asked me to mention this uh, along with a number of others and also found for me the copy of the privacy policy that we're going to be using to review in this video. He also directed me to a Twitter thread where I think this discussion might have originated on the internet from a Twitter user by the name of L at CrashHash who says the following, PSA, if you use Audacity, the new owners just updated the terms of service so they can collect data on you, including for very open-ended legal enforcement, and then sell it to potential buyers all without your consent. Now, I have to admit, when I first saw this tweet, I thought we might be looking at a bit of an overblown issue. I get a lot of notices to talk about a lot of terms of service documents, a lot of terms of conditions, privacy policies and whatnot. And I look at what's being described and I say, well, maybe those people are interpreting what's happening a little bit too broadly and we don't need to make a video about it. Maybe I tweet about it and discuss it with some of the folks that are interested. In this particular case, while there is some bits of this that are probably overblown that we can see appear in other documents that do relate to legal enforcement and potential buyers, there is at least one specific area where I think noting that there's a problem in this document is completely warranted. And we're going to talk about it as we talk about this specific privacy notice from Audacity. We're going to do it as well by comparing the Audacity privacy notice here with the Facebook data policy. I think we can all agree in this space that Facebook is pretty hands-on, pretty handsy with personal data. And so we can use their data policy to compare and contrast where Audacity even goes further than Facebook and in a potentially problematic way. So without further ado, let's look at the language itself. Section one, this privacy notice explains how we collect and use any information that alone or in combination with other information relates to you. We call that information personal data, capital P, capital D. We collect very limited personal data about you, says them, but sure, fair enough. Audacity treats compliance with its privacy obligations seriously. This is why we have developed this notice, which describes the standards that Audacity applies to protect personal data. We take it seriously, so we've made this document that's going to outline everything important. It's also a fact that that's probably the legal standard that's applicable to most of the data we'll be collecting, but that's neither here nor there. It's still good to get this stuff on paper. For the purposes of this notice, a company registered in Russia acts as the data controller for the personal data that is collected via the app and through the app. And I note that only because that's probably going to raise some yellow flags, if not red flags, 
For some folks, we can't know every data protection in every jurisdiction, but it's not the United States. It's not the European Union. It's Russia. And so your data will be transmitted through various spaces that we will see also described in this privacy policy. And that's going to include the country of Russia. What personal data does Audacity collect and why? The very limited types of personal data that we may collect about you and the reasons why we process it are as follows. As a general comment, says Audacity, our app does not require you to create an account or profile, and we do not ask you to provide us with your name, contact details, or any other direct identifiers. And I think that's important as we evaluate this. If you don't have an account, if you haven't given a name or an address or anything that is traditionally personal data, they can only collect what is available to them. At least we think so. But again, they're doing an audio collection program, which is why I think people are a little bit concerned about what this company might actually say it's collecting. So what do they say they're collecting? They say, one, we are collecting your OS version, user country based on IP address, the OS name, CPU, non-fatal error codes and messages, crash reports in mini dump format. And we're doing that for our analytics and to improve our app. It's a legitimate interest of our group to offer and ensure the proper functioning of the app. All that basically checks out. We do note that they mentioned OS version twice. There's little issues here with typographical errors and things. And that's also one of the reasons why I think what the big problem is here might well be essentially uh, an error in programming, uh, a legal team that got the right words in the wrong places. I mentioned that I thought when I saw that tweet that this might be overblown. That's because in general, concepts like potential acquirers and compliance with law enforcement are very, very normal for these documents. The way they are implemented in this document is not normal. And we can see that right here. What personal data does Audacity collect? We collect data necessary for law enforcement litigation and authorities requests, if any. Why? For legal enforcement as a legitimate interest of our group to defend our legal rights and interests. Now, this is distinct from what we see in other places. If we go and we look at Facebook, we're going to see a lot of the same kind of language. We're going to see, we collect information. It's information that you provide, your networks and connections, your usage, your information about transactions and things others do and information they provide about you. Third parties might say something about you. That's how Facebook gets its real black magic and somewhat scary advertising algorithms. That's the information as listed. That's, that's everything that they're talking about. We keep scrolling down, we scroll down, we scroll down, we scroll down. And where are they sharing this information? Well, they share information to law enforcement or legal requests in response to legal requests in the circumstances outlined below. What are those circumstances? Well, we will do it in response to a legal request if we have a good faith belief that the law requires us to. This may include responding to legal requests from jurisdictions outside the U.S. when we have a good faith belief that the response is required by law in that jurisdiction, affects users in that jurisdiction, and is consistent with internationally recognized standards. So this is that question. Okay, if China asks for your personal information, what are Facebook standards? It has to affect someone in China, and it has to be something that is in general with what Facebook thinks of as internationally recognized standards. So not the comfort that you might want to see from a company that you're sharing every intimate detail about your life with, but hey, it's better than nothing. It's certainly better than what we just saw from Audacity. The second reason that Facebook might share this information on this basis, legal requests, is when they have a good faith belief it is necessary to detect, prevent, and address fraud, unauthorized use of their products, violations of our terms or policies, or other harmful or illegal activity to protect themselves, you or others, including as part of investigations, or to prevent death 
or imminent bodily harm. So this is, hey, when the law enforcement folks require it, and this is when we would like to, when it would do us good. If we want to sue you, we'll submit it to a court because we're going to show unauthorized use of the products. If somebody's going to die because of something that you share, we can share it with the, with the court, we can share it with the cops, whoever it might be, and to protect ourselves in some fashion on an investigatory or regulatory basis. And you kind of see that here when they say they've got a legitimate interest in defending its legal rights. What you don't see, however, is that they're collecting extra information for this purpose, right? There is a distinction that's very, very important here. There's two giant categories. What kinds of information do we collect? And then we scroll down. How do we use it? And how do we share it? And that's kind of standardized for data protection policies is what are we getting? What are we doing with it? Here, the Audacity team seems to have conflated those two in a way that is definitely problematic and rightfully called out by users of the software application like L, like Parallax Abstraction, and more. And that is, this actually says we will collect more information as requested by law enforcement. So unlike Facebook here that says, here's what we're collecting, and if some law enforcement organization that's complying with international standards, whatever it might be, says, hey, we need your networks and connections. We need this information that you elected to provide. We need whatever this is. Then we as Facebook are going to comply with a lawfully given order of the cops or the legal system in that jurisdiction. That is 100% normal and is in fact good business practice to have in your terms of service. If somebody under color of law asks us for data that we otherwise have in our servers and it all seems legit, we will hand it over and we're informing our users of that fact up front. This says something different, even though it might not look like it immediately. This says not we will hand over information that we've already collected to law enforcement if it passes certain tests. This says we will collect more information if law enforcement requests it. And you don't have to be somebody that distrusts law enforcement in general to understand that there are bad actors out there and there could be a, a law enforcement jurisdiction that says, hey, Audacity, we understand that someone might have recorded a phone call they had with this particular individual. Can you go and grab it and submit it to us because it's going to help us in an investigation? This says we're allowed to collect extra data for legal enforcement, not just hand over the data that we're otherwise collecting. I think, looking at the structure of this, looking at little mistakes that you see throughout the document, that this is very likely just an error in thought process. That this should be, instead of in the section about what data we collect, instead be in the section about what data we share, and only there. And we'll see it reiterated in that space. For now, however, it is not solely in the what data we share and is instead used as a basis for what data they can collect, which means that the people that are concerned about it, like L here, about open-ended legal enforcement are correct. That said, another way, this gives them broad authority to collect whatever they want if law enforcement asks them to do it. And that's not what you want to see from your software providers. It's also, if you're running Audacity or you recently just purchased it, not what you actually want to obligate yourself to. So it seems unlikely that they would want to put it in this phrasing because this isn't getting them anything. This is just making them a more obvious open-ended target for law enforcement agencies across all jurisdictions to start asking them for whatever because they've otherwise reserved the right to go get it for them. So I can't imagine this is the intent of what they want to do here, but it is rightfully called out by users of the application itself. 
The next item you see that is also referenced in that L Twitter thread, and I will of course link it in the description of the video, is the following. The app we provide is not intended for individuals below the age of 13. If you are under 13 years old, please do not use the app. Now, there's a number of interesting things happening here. The first of which is this is a completely incongruous kind of statement for what's a data privacy notice. This has nothing to do with the data collected, nothing to do with the data shared. This is what we might usually see in terms of conditions. In fact, we've seen Facebook do that in their terms and conditions. We try to make Facebook broadly available to everyone, but you cannot use Facebook if you are under 13 years old. Note also the language here. You cannot use Facebook if you are under 13 years old compared to what Audacity actually wrote. We didn't intend for this for individuals below the age of 13. If you are under 13, please don't. Now, why the difference? Well, because the privacy notice here is not the actual license with Audacity. If we go to Audacity, we can see the license where they say Audacity is free software. You may use it for any personal, commercial, institutional, or educational purpose, including installing it on as many different computers as you wish. You may also copy, distribute, modify, and or resell Audacity under the terms of the GNU General Public License as published by the Free Software Foundation, either version 2 or any later version. And if we go and we look at those, you can see that version two says the act of running the program is not restricted. This is the license that would be given to the users of the program. And if we instead look at version three here, then we see similar language. This license explicitly affirms your unlimited permission to run the unmodified program. You may run covered works that you do not convey without conditions so long as your license otherwise remains in force. So as would be expected from an open source license of the GNU type, you can't restrict it in a fashion like Facebook does with their proprietary software. It says you are not allowed to use it under the age of 13. So Audacity just comes out here and says you shouldn't. Please don't. And that's not strictly a restriction as much as it's kind of a stance of the company. But certainly well-meaning people who read something like that will assume that somebody that is under the age of 13 can't use it when in reality, the license that comes conveyed to them through the GNU doesn't really allow for those restrictions and their own license as described on their own website doesn't actually impose any restrictions. They just don't want to deal with COPPA and similar regulations who can blame them, but it does run afoul of these kinds of restrictions, restriction type language. So it's coming up in threads and discussions online. We next see the section that we saw in the Facebook privacy policy. Who does Audacity share your personal data with? Their own staff members, absolutely. Any competent law enforcement body, regulatory government agency, court, or other third party where we believe disclosure is necessary as a matter of applicable law or regulation or to exercise, establish, or defend our legal rights. That's a little bit svelte. It's not as detailed as we saw in the Facebook policy, but it is the same kind of concept. The data we've collected, we will share when we think it's a legitimate court order or cop order or if it's useful for us to actually be in court or otherwise to defend our legal situation. That's normal. Sharing that is normal in that context. What isn't normal is this. We'll collect extra data if so necessary for law enforcement litigation and authorities requests. They'll also share it with auditors, advisors, legal representatives, and similar agents in connection with the advisory services they provide to us. That's entirely normal as well. This is how if Audacity were my client, they're not. They might share a draft version of this document so that I could comment on it. They might otherwise share it with their other folks that are giving them professional services. Again, very normal 
And then this last bit of language that offended L and that people are talking about, and that's about acquisitions. And this, I have to say, is where the commentary gets a little bit overblown. They're not collecting extra data. They're talking about what happens in an acquisition scenario. Who are they allowed to share your personal data with? They're allowed to share it with a potential buyer in connection with any proposed purchase, merger, or acquisition of any part of our business. Provided that we inform the buyer, it must use your personal data only for the purposes disclosed in this notice. So nobody will be made worse off by this concept because the other party has to agree to at least keep the data in the same fashion as this document describes. Now, this document has some errors, as we've already talked about. Hopefully, those errors get corrected. But this concept of we have a small business, if we sell that small business, then the potential buyer gets everything that's a part of our assets is normal and is, again, a good idea to have in your terms and conditions. We see the same kind of concept done by Facebook as we might expect. If we scroll down, as we did, who's it shared with? We see a new owner. If the ownership or control of all or part of our products or their assets changes, we may transfer your information to the new owner. We may share it. We may move it over. Now, could both of these bits of language be a little bit more tightly drafted? If you were sitting at an actual table negotiating this contract with the other side, 100% they could. What we would like to see here is the notion that the potential buyer of a portion of your business is actually related to that portion that has the data in it. So you don't get the situation where somebody's buying, I don't know, your waste management services portion of your business. And so now we're allowed to share all the personal data that's been collected through Audacity. No, probably not. You probably would want to tie these things together. And the same kind of concept goes with this Facebook language. If you take control of all of our products or one specific product, we may transfer your information to the new owner, should probably tie, we may transfer the information that relates to that product we sold to the new owner. But neither bit of language does. Again, it's very normal to these terms of service. So I think this kind of concept is overblown. And you can understand it intuitively if you think about what an acquisition is, which is that you want to be able to sell your business if you own it. Somebody else comes in to buy it. You need to get access to everything that makes up that business, including the analytics here that you've been collecting, as you say, to improve your app. Now, could that be more? Yes, this extra bullet provides them with a lot of leeway. I would like to see this removed. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's certainly covered already to the extent that the company would need it in this concept of who they would share data with. You then get another bit of language here, data storage. They can keep it for purposes of exercising, establishing, or defending their legal rights. Similar concept to Facebook, probably a little bit too broad, but normal for these kinds of data collection privacies. And for data storage, all your personal data is stored in the European economic area. However, we are occasionally required to share your personal data with our main office in Russia and our external counsel in the USA. In fact, they already described the Russian office as the data processor for purposes of this privacy policy. So you should be acting under the assumption that it will bounce into Russia on a fairly regular basis. You also get language here that about updates and about uses of the thing. Uh, updates. When we update our notice, we will take appropriate measures to inform you consistent with the significance of the changes we make. We will obtain your consent to any material notice changes if and when there is a requirement by applicable, applicable data protection laws. And I highlighted in red consistent with the significance of the changes we make because, again, if we're negotiating this at a table, you say, no, no, that's never going to be acceptable. You'll update me every time you change the notice. Even Facebook, when you get to the bottom of their screen, says that. We'll notify you before we make changes to this policy and give you the opportunity to review the revised policy before you choose to continue using our products. 
This instead says there might be a classification of changes we could make that we will evaluate internally as not being significant enough to tell you about. That's never going to fly for me. That's the kind of thing I would like to see changed, but it's probably not to the level of the concerns that people have expressed online. Similarly, with respect to protection of your privacy, they say a bunch of kind of smokescreen language. How will we process your data? We'll do it based on fairness. This means we are transparent and that we will process it in accordance with applicable law. Okay, so you'll follow the law. Lawfulness. We will process your data on lawful grounds. Okay, so you'll follow the law. We will process personal data for specified and legitimate purposes and will not process it in a manner that is incompatible with those purposes unless permitted by applicable data protection laws. This is one of those where you wonder how lawyers can write these whole sentences that don't mean anything. This is how. We will do only the things we've talked about in this policy. We won't do it in any way incompatible with these things unless we're allowed to legally. So this does nothing more than this that says we will only do things legally. In fact, this doesn't do anything because it says we'll only do things legally. So this all kind of shortens up to, you know what? We'll follow the bare minimum of the law. After that, you're on your own. And we don't take responsibility for the data accuracy. You should notify us of any changes to the personal data that we hold about you. Really? I don't even know what data you hold about me, Audacity. You're ostensibly only collecting things about OS version and IP address and country. I don't have an obligation to tell you when my personal data changes. That's on you. Good luck selling it. We may also store your personal data for purpose of exercising our rights. We already covered that. And then finally, they finished with, we do not sell personal information. Now, I know a number of you have been concerned about, in particular, the private buyer concept here. I don't think that's terribly unusual. I do think the proper concern is directed maybe at this 13-year-old language and the GNU in general, but most specifically about this. This concept that we can collect any data necessary for law enforcement, litigation, and authorities' requests is a non-starter to me. This is where the proper ire and issues with this data collection policy belong. And that's where I would direct it if you're concerned about the audacity policy in and of itself. And I strongly suspect, as you've seen in this article, you will have seen in the article that I linked at the top of this video, that others are going to take the open source components of audacity and take it off into a different direction that isn't going to have this data collection feature and hopefully wind up with something where people are happy and don't have to deal with these kinds of privacy provisions. But At the end of the day, that's what I see in these terms of service. Please leave your own comments to this video if you've got other concerns, you think I missed something, or otherwise want to talk about what's happening with respect to Audacity and Muse and data collection in general. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this, we're talking about the business and law of pop culture, technology, video games, movies, television, and all the rest here very often. Please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, Streamlabs, shirts to sell, mugs to sell, or just subscribe and tell your friends. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.